Hi, Journey. How y'all doing? Really good to see you. My name is Brian. I'm one of the pastors around Journey. It's a privilege to be with every single one of you, especially if you're our guest. We are honored by your presence. I want to talk to you today about how Jesus Christ, the one and only Son of God, came to earth to show us what life His way looks like. He came to earth as well to die on the cross for our sins, to redeem every single one of us back to God, to then rise from the grave victorious so that we too, all of us, could be raised to new life forever with God, starting right here, right now. Another way to say all that is to say it this way. In other words, Jesus Christ was the capital S someone for a whole bunch of someones. My heart and mind have been racing with the significance of what that means. Jesus Christ, the one and only Son of God, was the capital S someone for a whole bunch of someone else's. That's us. Ever thought about that? It starts with that word, at least in my mind, that word someone, which I'm not a very smart man, so I went to the dictionary. Let's define what the word someone means, right? It's a pretty simple definition. I probably could have figured this out. Someone is some person or somebody, right? Some person or somebody. That's a someone. And the world is full of somebodies, isn't it? All of us, every single person on planet Earth is a someone, is a somebody. We all, many of us anyway, get beat around week in, week out, day in, day out. The devil sits on one shoulder and tries to tell us that we're a nobody, doesn't he? You don't matter. You don't count. No one cares about you. No one loves you. No one cares if you're here or not here. And that's a lie straight from the pit of hell. Because God shows up on the scene and he says, uh-uh, 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 you're a somebody. You're a somebody. And you matter, and I love you, and I love you so much that I sent my one and only son, Jesus Christ. That's how valuable you are to me, my one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for you. Everybody is a somebody. Everybody is a someone. And understand that God's deepest, deepest desire is to live in relationship with all of the someones that he ever made. Every single person who he ever made, including you, he wants to live with and have the very closest of friendships with. Trouble is, though, that all the someones that God made, well, they're in quite a mess. We're in quite a mess. That fantastic friendship that God intended for us from the very beginning of time, we screwed all that up pretty royally by not doing what God asked us to do. And our disobedience, our sin, leaves all of the someones, us included, in quite a world of hurt. Broken and destitute and impoverished and spiritually orphaned. All because of the choices we made to disobey God and go our own way. God, I don't need you. I got this. And we stiff arm. God, right? And that was and is and continues to be absolutely heartbreaking to him. All the someones whom he had created to live in the very closest kind of friendship, living far away from here, abs- far away from him, absolutely heartbreaking to our Father. But God knew something. That there was indeed a way to rebuild the opportunity for that kind of relationship with all the someones 
in the world, the kind of relationship, the kind of friendship that he so desired, and it wouldn't be cheap, and it wouldn't be easy. As a matter of fact, it would come at the very greatest price imaginable, the life of his one and only son, Jesus Christ. But that was and is the only way. And so God did it. He pulled the trigger, and he sent the capital S, someone whose name is Jesus Christ, to bring the rest of the someones whom he had created back to him. God sent capital S someone named Jesus to meet all the rest of the someones, us, in the midst of our mess, in the midst of our hurt, in the midst of our brokenness, to rescue us from our spiritually orphan status and bring us home to the family that God intended us with him. John 3.16 is not an unfamiliar verse, but says it so well. For God loved the world the someones, all of the somebodies, you, so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. It's unbelievable. Almost sounds too good to be true, but it's not. God loves us so much that he sent capital S someone Jesus to bring all the rest of the someones whom he created home to the family that he made us for. Astounding. And in just a few minutes, I just want to tip you off. I'm going to give you a chance to respond to God's invitation to come home to the family that he made you for. I'm going to give you a chance to say yes to God's invitation to salvation and redemption and rescue and friendship. I'm gonna invite you in a few minutes to declare your belief in Jesus for salvation. But before we go there, I wanna bring a challenge to all of us who say that we already believe on Jesus. And I wanna bring the challenge by raising a question. And it's this question. How was it that you heard about God loving you so much that he sent capital S someone, Jesus, to bring you home to the family that he made you for. How was it that you heard about that? I'm going to fill in the blank for you, if you don't mind. I'm going to guess that your answer is, someone told me. Right? Is that pretty much consensus? Someone told me. And it might have been a friend, or it might have been your parents, or it might have been a pastor, or it might have been a relative, might have been a classmate or a roommate, but someone told you, they went out of their way to tell you that God sent capital S someone named Jesus to bring all the rest of the someones in the world home to the family that he made you for. Someone told you. For me, it went like this. When I was three years old, my family moved into a neighborhood in a little town in Northern California called Arcata. Our family, which at that time was just me, my mom, and my dad, moved in next door to a family. They were the Lucas family. Johnny Lucas, Carol Lucas, two kids Lucas. Johnny and Carol started hanging out with my mom and my dad and me, and we all became the very closest of friends. And what do close friends do? Close friends talk about the stuff that matters most to them. And for Johnny and Carol, for the whole Lucas family, something that mattered most to them was Jesus Christ. And they started talking to my parents about how God loved them so much that he sent Jesus to 
bring them home to the family that, they, that he had made them for. And well, what do you know? That truth resonated with my parents. They realized their need of a Savior. They crossed the line of faith in Jesus Christ. I was around about three or four years old or so. It only made sense then, didn't it, that we would become part of the church that Johnny and Carol, the Lucas family, were a part of, so we started attending church with them. My parents began growing in their newfound faith in Jesus Christ. I, on the other hand, began growing in my mischief. My very earliest memory of church was I was three or four years old. We were sitting in that church, in that pew with the Lucas family, my mom, my dad, and me. And it was one of those churches where they sang out of hymnals, you know, right? Those churches, big book full of songs that are called hymns. It was the late 70s, and so no one was putting words on screens that would have been unheard of in those days. Everybody had a hymnal. You grabbed your hymn book and you sang songs. And there was a guy who stood up on the stage in that church. He held a hymnal in one hand. What did he do with his other hand? Yes, he did this. He did this. It was like the congregation. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. Others of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You hold the hymnal here. And it was as if he was treating you, the congregation, as one large choir. And you were a terrible choir. And so he had to do this to keep you up on time. Right? Singing the right words at the right time. I thought this was absolutely hilarious. I would sit in the seat in the pew and I thought, man, this is so weird. But I'll bet that guy's arm is getting really tired. And so I have no idea how I pulled this off. But I bolted out of the pew and I ran right down the center aisle, up the stairs, onto the platform. And I stood next to that man and I two-armed it. And can you imagine my poor, pa- I mean, I think they froze and died, right? They're like, what, right? They just, get him back here. So my parents were growing in their newfound faith in Jesus. I was growing in mischief. But do you see what happened there on a serious note? There was Johnny and Carol Lucas telling my parents about the capital S someone, Jesus whom God sent to bring the rest of the someones on planet earth home to the family that he made them for. Someone told my parents. And my parents, they said, this is really important. This is kind of a big deal. And so they started what? They started telling me about Jesus. They'd have long conversations with me, telling me about Jesus coming to die, you know, the best conversations a three or four year old could understand. And somewhere in the midst of my parents telling me about Jesus, we moved to another town. We became part of another church, and it was my Sunday school teacher in that new town who got to close the deal, if you will, with me when I was in kindergarten, helping me pray to believe on Christ. Another someone going out of their way to tell someone else about the capital S, someone, King of the world, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross to bring us, all the rest of the someones, back to him, to the family that he had made them for. People declared the gospel of Jesus Christ to other people. Someone telling, someone telling, someone telling, someone. And get this, you and I crossing the line of faith in Jesus Christ isn't even close to the end game of our spiritual journey, is it? It's meant to go on and on and on. And as we grow in our faith, we are intended by God to go and do the very same thing that someone did with us, with them. Telling them 
about how God loves them so much that he sent the capital S someone named Jesus Christ to die on the cross, to rise from the grave, to bring all the rest of the someones in the world home to the family that he made us for. In other words, the challenge, church, for us is that we would go and that you would be someone for someone. Go be someone for someone. Because here's the deal. People have to hear the gospel in order to believe the gospel and in order to be saved by the gospel. And people can only believe on Jesus when they've heard the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. At least that's what Paul says. The great follower of Jesus, Paul, who knows just a thing or two about what it looks like and what it means to follow Jesus, to declare the gospel, to make disciples. And here's how he puts it in Romans chapter 10, starting in verse 14. But how can they call on him, that's Jesus, to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. No one, absolutely no one in your life, in my life, in anyone else's life is just going to wake up one day and respond affirmatively to the gospel of Jesus Christ out of the blue without someone, likely you and me, telling them about Jesus. And when you do, the scripture says you have beautiful feet. Lots of us are self-conscious about our feet, right? We think our feet are ugly. Paul's pretty clear. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Beautiful feet, no matter what you think about your feet. They're beautiful when you bring the gospel to other people. And in the book of Acts, which is the narrative of the beginning, the story of the beginnings of the church of Jesus Christ, there's this fantastic story about a man named Cornelius. We pick it up in Acts chapter 10. In Caesarea, which was a town, there lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius. That's quite a distinguished name. He was a captain of the Italian regiment. He was a big wheel, big deal kind of guy. He was a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. He's a really religious dude. He gave generously to the poor. He prayed regularly to God. He is incredibly devout, incredibly religious. One afternoon, about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him. Cornelius, the angel, said, Now send some men to Joppa. Summon a man named Simon Peter. Whoa, weird story. Peter gets the message from Cornelius' messengers and Peter follows them to Cornelius' house and Cornelius knew that Simon Peter was coming and so he had all of his relatives, all of his close friends there with him and Cornelius explains the situation to Simon Peter and then what Simon Peter do? He declares the gospel to all the people gathered there. Peter tells them about Jesus. Peter was someone who went out of his way to tell a whole bunch of other someones about the capital S someone named Jesus Christ and how he loved them so much that he died on the cross to bring them home to the family that he had made them for. And in Acts chapter 10 verse 43, Peter concludes his declaration of the gospel to Cornelius and his family by saying these words, everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. That's it. 
That's it. Believe on Jesus and you will have your sins forgiven through his name. In the next chapter of Acts, Acts 11, Peter is recounting the story to the other apostles of what happened with Cornelius at his house, with his family, with his close friends. And he's explaining, three men who had been sent from Caesarea arrived at the house where we were staying. The Holy Spirit told me to go with them, not to worry that they were Gentiles. That's non Jews. These six brothers here accompanied me, and we soon entered the home of a man who had sent for us. He told us how an angel had appeared to him in his home and had told him, send messengers to Joppa, summon a man named Simon Peter. He will tell you how and everyone in, how you and everyone in your household can be saved. He's going to come, and he's going to tell you about the capital S, someone named Jesus Christ, and how you can know him too. It's really crystal clear that in order for someone to cross the line of faith in Jesus Christ and be saved, someone has to declare the gospel to them. Peter had to go and tell them. And understand this, the gospel of Jesus Christ never ever goes forward except through you and me, human instruments. Someone telling someone else about capital S, someone named Jesus who came to bring us home to the family that he had made us for. Absolutely, God can do stuff like advance his gospel without anyone declaring it to people. You're right, God can do anything he wants to. We don't have the one hint from scripture that God ever does that. His gospel always advances through people, you and I. For crying out loud, you notice that the angel that God sent to Cornelius' house, the angel didn't even explain the gospel. That'd have been really neat, really tidy, really convenient, right? The angels right there sent one of God right there. Just spell it out, angel. Uh Uh-uh. Instead, the angel is just a middleman sending Cornelius to fetch Simon Peter so that Simon Peter could declare the gospel to them. God always uses human instruments, you and me and the church of Jesus Christ. How can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That's why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. You and I are the messengers. And Paul doesn't leave the door even a crack open for the gospel advancing through any other means than us going, you and I, being someone who tells someone else about the ultimate capital S, someone named Jesus, and how he died on the cross because he loved them that much, how he rose from the grave because he loved them that much, all to bring them home to the family that he made them for. We are the sent ones of God. It's us. You don't ever have to wonder, am I sent? Am I sent? Am I one who, how do I know it? You're sent. You and I are sent by God. And this idea that God will be out there preaching the gospel himself to people, our friends, our families, our children, our whatever, is so, so far from God's intent for us. It's us. 
If the people in this world are to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and cross the line of faith in him, we are the ones who must declare it to them. Church, you go and you be someone for someone. You go and you be someone who tells someone else about capital S, someone named Jesus Christ. You be the one. And the task is so urgent. The task is so urgent. We are the only means of the gospel being declared. There isn't a plan B. We're it. Look, at most, one-third of the people on planet Earth claim to be Christians. That's being generous. Which means that there are at least, as we sit here right now today, there are at least 4.5 billion people living far from God on planet Earth right now. 4.5 billion people. And just like you and I, they have families They have hopes, and they have dreams, they have visions, they have aspirations. They're not just those people over there or those people over there. They're people just like us, people for whom eternal separation from God is a tragedy, hurting people, broken people, destitute people, spiritually impoverished people, spiritually orphaned People just like so many people around us. And if you lined up all of the people in the world who are living life far from God in a single file line, they would circle the globe something like 25 times. Can you picture that? Another way to picture that is to slice it this way. It is a single line of people stretching all the way around the earth one time, 25 people wide, trampling hopelessly to eternal separation from God. I don't know about you, but that absolutely breaks my heart. It wrenches me. And it ought to wrench all of us. And it ought to motivate and compel and inspire all of us to say, here I am, Lord, use me, send me, I'll go. I'll declare the gospel to all of the someones in my life. I'll go. I'll be someone who tells someone about capital S, someone named Jesus. Because journey, there's no other way that they hear about Jesus except through us. There's no plan B. You go, you be someone for someone You be someone who tells someone else about capital S, someone named Jesus. You be and you do and you go. You be and you do and you go. And there's this song, it's a pretty new song, it's a U2 song that God's been using to give a whole bunch of, I say it like this, God's been using it to give a whole bunch of lift to this idea of you and me and us being someone who goes and tells all the someones in the world about the capital S, someone named Jesus, who came to bring all the rest of the someones home to the family that he made them for. And I want you to hear this song, so would you give it a listen? not spoiled by beauty I've got some scars from where I've been you got eyes that can see right through me 
You're not afraid of anything they've seen I was told that I would feel nothing The first time I don't know how these cuts heal But in you I found a rhyme If there is a light God's saying to you today about you being someone for someone else. Someone who tells someone about the capital S, someone named Jesus, who came to live and to die and to rise so that all the rest of the someones on planet earth can come home to the family that he made them for. What's God saying to you about that?
got a beat on what it is that God's saying to you about that. Now, what are you going to do? tip my hand and say I hope it's go and be someone who tells someone else about Jesus to lose at least a bit of the fear and to just step out and just ask a question start the conversation engage and maybe for some of us that means like we go out these doors tonight and we go knock on someone's door or we make a call or in an extreme case it might be you got to get on a plane and you got to go somewhere because maybe for you God's saying it's, it's that person it's him or it's her it's them someone who tells someone else about the capital S someone named Jesus and then just like I promised some for some of you this day might be all about you believing on Jesus as your savior once and for all playing games with God it's all in today kind of deal and if that's you you can take the bold step of crossing the line of faith in him right now and you can do that by praying with me this way I invite you to pray Jesus I'm in quite a mess my sin has made quite a mess and I need you Jesus to be my savior please save me Jesus You're everything that I need, and I'm trusting you once and for all. I'm also offering up a whole bunch of gratitude for your death on the cross for me, for taking my place, for rising from the dead for me so that I can know you. I want to be friends with you, God. Here's my heart. Here's my life. Here I am trusting you with my all. And if that's you, if you're a person today who's crossing the line of faith in Jesus Christ, if you're stepping into saving faith in Jesus, that's the single biggest deal, single biggest decision of your whole life. Nothing ever matters more. And it's such a big deal that around here we invite people to tell us when they make that decision. It's a private deal. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Nobody's looking around this room. You, me, and God looking on us. Yeah. If you prayed with me just then to believe on Jesus Christ as your Savior once and for all, would you just be really brave right now and would you slip your hand up and would you lock eyes with me and would you let me agree with you in your decision to follow? Yeah, way to go, man. Absolutely. Yes way to go and you too way to go 
Absolutely. Jesus, we're just amazed at what you've been doing, everything you are doing, especially in this moment, inviting these home to the family that you made them for, Jesus. Thank you that we get to be just a little part of what it is that you're up to and that you're about. And Jesus, I pray for all of us that we would be someone who tells someone about you that we'd just lose the excuses and we'd lose the fear and we'd lose the embarrassment, we'd lose whatever it is that keeps us, that you'd just take it and that we'd be bold and that we would be unashamed and that we would be someone that tells someone else about you. Jesus, those conversations would bear much eternal fruit, please. Send us, Jesus. Help us be someone for someone else, someone who tells someone else about you, please, Jesus. Jesus.